guys want to start? Roll around and watch you get going. Okay, welcome to our <laughs> podcast today. We got a lot of great things happening here. I'm excited to share some new bits of info with everybody out in the world. That was a really game showy. Uh, thank you. I've just show. I've been on a field trip all day, so I'm pretty jacked up. So, um, Aaron, do you want to get us started with the name and everything of our podcast? <laughs> my name. My I name. forgot the name of the podcast. <laughs> uh, Living on the Edge of Chaos. There we go. Here thank we you. Are. Okay. Episode of Living on the Edge of Chaos podcast. This is our second roundtable discussion. We sat around on a Friday afternoon on the end of the day to bring to the table four ideas. And in case you missed the episode last week, you need to go back and check that out. But basically how this operates, it's teachers being real, being people, being human. And we each come with a question, a topic, an idea to debate. We agreed not to share it ahead of time, so the conversation is authentic and genuine. And we give about five to seven minutes on each question, and we go around. In this particular episode, we did not have time to share a cool website, app, game, whatever it might be. So we've hammered just the four key questions. Here's what we want from you in this episode. We had a lot of listeners in our last one, and we're hoping that we continue to have you. We'd love to hear from you. Let us know. Leave a comment of what you think. We have two things for you this week. The first one is, on the first question, we each give our answer to the topic. Which answer do you would you pick the most? As well as, what's your own individual answer? Leave a comment. And the second one is this. We are creating a random topic generator. And so we'd love to have your answers. Um, leave a comment, or not your answer, but leave a comment with a question. We're going to add that, and then down the road, we'll randomly pull out random topics for us to discuss. So without further ado, let's jump into Living on the Edge of Chaos podcast roundtable discussion number two. I hope you enjoy. We look forward to your feedback, questions, thoughts, ideas, anything we said incorrectly, funny, awesome, let us know. And here we go. the first amazing episode of the roundtable discussion. It's pretty straightforward. We come with question ideas we discussed, not pre-planned, and I would see where it takes us. And if we have time, we'll share something of highly motivational educational content and for you to check out, like werewolves in Paris. Highly, <laughs> highly motivational and technologically. So I'm gonna go. I'm I'm gonna bogart. I'm gonna go with my first question. I have a question. I didn't create it. But it's so mind blowing that we had to we had to start with it. I like it. Here's the question: 
your mic is not on. My question is, if you could pull one object out of any movie, what would it be and why? Like, you could pull it from the movie and actually use, like, in your life, like, real life. It has to be, it has to be a movie. It's not like a power. A this movie. is like a thing. Like a device. I already have mine. You can take it however you want. Um, I would like to have Harry Potter's if you <laughs> magic <I> was... wand. <laughs> okay, alright, good. Um, His scarf, I that's mean, she... I, Or the invisibility cloak. Um, I feel like if you have a magic wand, there's like it opens up a world of possibilities of things that you can do. Good. I was thinking invisibility cloak, but it's been jacked. But recently, I started watching Doctor Who, and he's got his little screwdriver that can basically do anything you want. So, like any situation he's in, he can use that to help himself out. So, I think that'd be pretty useful. Mine's really selfish. It wouldn't even uh, be helpful to me in any aspect of my life. Really selfish. But like my favorite movie of all time is Pulp Fiction. Oh, okay. And I've always wanted to know what was in the, was briefcase. In the briefcase. I just want to pull the briefcase. It's like, and know what's inside. Just find out what's in it. Of all the but I have no benefit to that. No. But maybe, but maybe, because you don't know what's inside. And that's a, oh, that reminds me of, there's like a, a, I don't remember where I heard this, but there's like a painting, and it was just a blank painting, but it had like an envelope on it. And it went like 300, nobody opened the envelope. Like, and, But it was just like, part of the painting or something or maybe it was an art piece i don't know what you call it if it's not obviously that's not a painting <laughs> but it was like a setup and like that mystery piece of that like people just being curious you know is like a, there's a huge value to that and you'll never know what's in the briefcase no it drives me nuts yeah unless i guess you ask the creators but they'll probably just say nothing quentin tarantino will never reveal and it probably is absolutely nothing that's the point of the but that was the that was like there was nothing in the envelope was the thing that it got passed down from all these families and they were like you know, it was this huge thing, and like I don't remember how it got open. Maybe they sold it or something, but I don't know. If it's, that's crazy. Uh, for mine, I don't. You know, this is okay. Well, yours is this not is normal? a massive thing. Oh. Like you know, on uh, the Avengers movie, you know the huge like airship aircraft carrier. Yeah. I'm like fascinated with like airships and like or like floating like hovering massive crafts. And I, I think it would be so. Co- Obviously, I don't couldn't own something because that's just like massively expensive. But like a smaller version of like a, a hover aircraft type thing, I would just love to just like cruise in the sky, just like hover, like live like a luxury yacht that like flies. I would. I don't know. I've, that's always been like video games growing up have those, and it, it's like a minor background dream of mine <laughs> to like own an airship one a day. Background dream. It is like, and I mean. I don't even know how you'd go about doing it, but like playing video games and stuff growing up, it's just like, oh gosh, wouldn't it be awesome to have like a yacht that could fly and you just cruise around and just live life? And I don't know. So that would be mine. It's kind of weird, but I can't believe no one said the time machine from Back to the Future. Time machine comes with a lot of problems. What about the ring from <laughs> Lord of the Rings? No, no, it's, no. It was uh, a curse. Also, it was eats a your soul, man. Yeah. I want the mm. actual Titanic ship from the movie Titanic. Well, you can still go out there and get it. If you <laughs> it's still there for you. I want that blue necklace. <laughs> I mean, if you'd open it up for like powers, like I was thinking, like superhero powers too. That would have been. I've watched like four movies, so I don't have a lot to pull from. So Titanic well, and Harry Potter were it for me. There you go. That you could you could pull out ET and completely ruin all religion forever, wouldn't it? <laughs> the world would implode upon itself if you had a real alien. Did you know that there is a? Uh, 
there's like legitimate uh, plans for like how the world would like like there's a section of uh, of like the government that's devoted to like how you would respond if aliens get here and like they've got like a plan and like how to deal with like religions and stuff and people are thinking <laughs> thinking about these things it's it's out there somewhere where Hasn't like it been in effect even before Roswell I'm pretty sure. I don't know. I mean, no, it's, it's been sure. out there for... Because, yeah. you know, they have to declassify stuff after so much time. And yeah. you know, they have all this declassified stuff from the White House, and it is, like, protocols for if if something like that happens. Well, I mean, you think about, like you said, it would ruin religion. That mm. would be, like, a huge societal problem. Mm -hmm. Like, a lot of things would go wrong. People would freak out. But no. Yeah. That's a good one. It'd be crazy. I like that. Yeah. We go to mine? Yeah, let's go. All right, well, I guess uh, I'll just step in here. If uh, <laughs> I, I've tried to think about the phrasing here, I, I also kind of borrowed this because I'm kind of, uh, I just think it's a cool question. Is inspiration useful? And so I wanted to say real, but I, I think that it's a real thing. But is it useful? And I mean it in the sense of how. Uh, well, just maybe I'll, I'll leave it there. I won't even preface it. Just do you think inspiration is a useful thing? Well, I absolutely think do it's you, useful. Do you want more info from me? Explanation? Well, let's answer the basic question first, yeah. and then you can go deep. I agree with Nikki. I think having an, something that inspires you is a positive thing to have. Something to work towards. But when I, I guess what I'm saying is when normally when you hear people say I'm inspired by that, it that feeling disappears very quickly and it's not like you wake up moving to that it's like oh that's kind of an inspiring story and then 30 seconds later you You're forget about it and you never think about it again mm -hmm. and so i guess i'm thinking about that when i'm not thinking about like ambition i think that's different from ins inspiration but i when people talk about like wow that is going to inspire me to do something i feel like they very very rarely do something to follow that I think there's different levels. I mean, there's inspiration like, oh, I saw this really heartwarming video and now I'm going to do five acts of kindness. And there's inspiration like, oh, this person that I've looked up to my whole life has changed who I am as a person. I'm always, they've inspired me to be a better person every day. And so then you strive to be that type of person. But it's like there's different levels of inspiration. I mean. Do you think a lot of people who say that actually every day are, are inspired by that person? Or do you think... Well, I don't think that you have to be inspired every day for it to be useful. I mean, I just think about, like, my career. I'm The only reason that I'm doing what I... Well, I mean, I like what I'm doing, but my dad's a teacher. So I always wanted to be a teacher, and he inspired me to be a better teacher. So I kept working, kept working, and now, obviously, I am. But, like, that's something that inspired me and changed my career path. So it, I would think it's a useful tool in that sense. Yeah, I'd go off of that. Like, when I was 12, I hurt my shoulder ended up in the chiropractor's office for the first time. He adjusted me, and I was, like, 100% after two seconds post-adjustment. And, like, I look up to Dr. Lacey, who's the guy that did it to me. He's my dad's friend. And, like, I was just amazed at what someone could do and put you back that way. But not, like, every day of my life that I wake up and go, all right, I'm going out there so I can be like Dr. Lacey. But definitely in that moment, like... Mm -hmm. I wouldn't be sitting at this table right now if that hadn't happened. So yeah. he inspired me to become a chiropractor, and that's what led me to be here. So I don't think it sends you backwards. All you can do is propel you forward. I don't think it always leads to action. I think that's a, like a false assumption that for a lot of people you can be inspired, but you're not going to change your ways. For some people, your stories did. But I think 
we were just having this conversation. I had this conversation a couple of weeks ago with an educator over dinner, and then actually we were talking about it earlier today about education conferences. Why is it when you they all sound, feel, look the same? It's a, mm-hmm. a rah rah keynote that you don't walk away with any ideas, but kind of make you feel good. It's the same kind of sessions no matter where you go. It's always intro, it's never deep level. And the idea is why? Why can't we have these conferences? And I think it'd be true not just in edu- it's any kind of business yeah. or thing that would just take things to like the advanced degree. The thing is, people wouldn't go. If it was too out of the box, like administrators wouldn't approve of it, and it doesn't make money. Like, and so the argument that this guy was having is these conferences are a waste or a joke. And my thing was, but is it? Maybe teachers just need one or two days to be reminded, to be inspired, to keep going because the job just grinds you, you know, for whatever reason, whether it's maybe the kids one day or whatever it might be. And so sometimes that's just all you need. And maybe teachers come back and admin come back from a conference and don't change their practice. But maybe the fact that they're still in the game is useful, yeah. you know. And so you can argue both ways. Because there's other times, like anything, you go to one, you go to another one. Well, and I it's think the that's same old ball and chain. Yeah. But it's that inspiration. Like if someone can inspire me for an hour, remind me of why I do what I do, maybe that's what I need in the moment. And that's that's enough. So it's hard. I think well, yeah, it's, and it's a definite. I think that's a definition. So you said you like useful. Yeah. I think it's useful mentally, but does it lead to action to get better? Maybe not. And that's. Right? I was trying to find a good way to frame it yeah. to frame the question because, like, I, I thought of the same thing. The the conference thing coming back here, and it's not like. And that I mean that's not even like I don't want to do something. It's just hard to to find time to do something. But I, I mean I I kind of think of it as like the church camp effect. Like, you, as a kid, you go to church camp, and it's like, oh, man, you know, yeah, you're feeling good. And then you go back, and you're like, wow, the world sucks. <laughs> and then everything, like, falls back into, you know, like a pattern. And it Let just seems sin. like yeah. these situations where we get inspired. Uh, I, I mean, I, I guess I'm speaking for a lot of people when I say we, but, like, it just seems like sometimes it can have a really short shelf life. And then, uh, you know, kind of the same old routine and patterns come up. But, no, I, I mean, I'd agree with what everybody said, I think. I think those are good points too. I'm just I, I was I was talking about well, yeah, we'll keep it out of education. <laughs> okay. So yeah. Alright. Um so I'm gonna switch gears a little bit here. My question comes from a professor I had at Augustana. Wish I could remember your name, but I'm sure you're not listening. Um, about poetry and rap music. Um, I poetry in a sense is obviously something that we study every year in school, but it's definitely not as mainstream, I would say, as it used to be. And my professor, who was probably a 75-year-old woman, argued that today's poets are our rap musicians. So I was wondering what you think. Um, can we can we say? And I'm sure that this is going to definitely make some people upset that rap artists, especially compared, I'm not saying all musicians, I think rap is a little bit different. It relies more on the spoken word than it does on the music behind it. Um, are they modern day poets? Do they classify as a poet? I would say yes, because they are painting a picture or trying to convey some sort of story of the world that they're in. And so I don't know, I mean, it's basically a poem set to a beat. So I think they are. 
I mean, I look at, I don't read poetry, but I, I almost study sounds a little too nerdy. But like, I do look at the lyrics and try to figure out what is it they're trying to say, you know? And they speak to millions of people. And I mean, I think that's what poetry tries to do. It's, it's observations of the world. Right. And that's. Yeah. And I think you get a, you definitely get a good feeling when it goes right. And like when it's really, I mean, when it is good lyrical rap music, there is, I would, I mean, I think I could argue the same feeling that you would get from reading good lyrical poetry. I think right. there's a very similar feeling where it's kind of like, why, you know, that fits or that means something to me or that is, you know. And there's also, yeah. I mean, there's bad poetry and there's bad <laughs> rap music. Right. Yeah. Um, I thought my argument in my head was that I agreed with her because more than other types or other genres of music, there's a great deal of like um, illusions, there's metaphors, there's yeah. similes, there's a ton of alliteration, which that's not to say that other music, I'm a, I'm a huge lyrics person in general, so all music, lyrics always have mean more to me than the music itself. Um, so like any music I listen to, I get a great deal of meaning out of, but something about the way that rap artists put words together is different than just a, a lyric in a regular rock song mm -hmm. um and that's what makes me think that not all music is poetry i don't think that that can be mm -hmm. true um but i do think there's something to be said about the way that rap is put together that it's got to pull a little bit from that those poetic roots mm -hmm. um but it really really made some people upset i mean i vividly remember the class discussion especially those who are really classical you know poetry lovers and really believe in that to to bring them to the level of to i mean that's in quotes yeah. to the level of rap music really bothered them mm -hmm. um but at the same time like you said how often do you hear someone talking about a poem anymore well yeah and it's i mean but that's you hear like a, a lot of people talk about rap songs i mean, mean like a classical versus a modern definition i mean i think poetry would be a broader term and i mean really rap music i guess emphasizes lyrics more than other genres probably do and that's uh, and changing a little bit, I'd yeah. say. There's a lot of focus yeah. on beats and... Well, it's like today, like, all the kids are listening to, like, Little Yachty and Little Uzi Vert, and they're, like... <laughs> people are like, those are mumble rappers, because if you look at their lyrics, it's complete garbage. But it's all about the beat and how, like, the hooks they put together and more of the music videos they have. But if you just go back, like, a decade or two, like, the stuff that Tupac was rapping about was, like he was on much more of a conscious level like and the stuff that he talked about in the public eye was like trying to change lives for black people and stuff like that so him more on a level being like he was a poet that's what he was and yeah like his music he always has more music coming out which is just silly but there's always more stuff coming out and it's always just stuff that you look at and it's not just bullcrap that raps like it's stuff that he thought that mattered and back in the 90s it was something that a lot of society was thinking about so I definitely would agree with the, the thought that rap is, like, poetic today. And there's some that still try to, like, Drake has good stuff all the time, and some of his stuff's real clever, but uh, as far as a conscious level, I'm, I'm not sure anyone's really putting anything out like that anymore. Right. Well, and it doesn't sell. Right. I mean, probably right. the closest one that's still conscious would probably be, like, Common. <clears throat> or who has Cole, who Cole puts out a lot of stuff. So who has a Common album on, right, on their playlist. Right, that's mm -hmm. true. I mean, I'm speaking of middle-class white Iowa America right. by this. I mean, <laughs> absolutely. So, but, but there's a really interesting book. I had to look it up called Hip Hop Genius, and it's all about using hip hop in education coming from like the inner city that talks about all this. Is that the Minnesota school? 
uh, no, but I think they, they do have, yeah. Yeah, same idea. But I always think it's interesting, whether it's poetry or not, like, whether we consider something within a genre, if nobody, read it, if nobody reads it, who cares? You know, so yeah, maybe there are some of these poems and poetry that are considered classics that are, you know, what a poet, what poetry should be. But if no one's looking into it, what is it? You know what I mean? Poetry like, snobs. This is where it's where the kids are. It's like it's what they listen to. Like I watch my my daughter. A new song will come on, and she'll sit there and just watch the lyrics on YouTube over and over and over and over and over until she knows every word. Like it speaks to them. It speaks to, and I think that's. I mean that's what it's about. It's, it's moving ideas, but. It's nice that she can look them up online because they used to take the jacket out of the scene. Oh, uh, yeah, it'd be a little tiny print. <laughs> a little tiny. And then you didn't want to, like, unfold it too many times because then, it, like, it would get flimsy. Yeah. Oh, those are the days. Those were. Good stuff. It's crazy. That's good. Solid work. All right. Uh, for Angela's topic, which I kind of helped her out with, so I'll take it over since she's not here, the first thing I'm going to do is show you a picture. <laughs> and all I want you to do is just tell me who these people are and this is stuff going with memory like this whole topic so see so yeah, how we do I'm gonna take a picture we're we gonna put the picture in the show notes yeah we got it <clears throat> alright so who is this group of characters the Bernstein Bears that's, yeah, that's what I was gonna say oh, yeah, and I think I've heard this. Yeah. yeah so if you had to take a shot at spelling the last part of their name how would you spell it it's not I've heard of this. I know that. Yeah, this topic's gonna go a little deep. It's pretty good. S T E I N. Right. That's most. But it's not spelled that way. Most people from our generation would say it's the Berenstein Bears. S T E I N. But like, in the last year, it seems like every like it became a big thing, especially on Facebook between me and my friends. Like, it's not the Berenstein Bears. They're the Berenstein Bears. And how our whole generation, though, and I just asked you guys, and you came to the same conclusion as me, they were the Berenstein Bears, S-T-E-I-N. But if you look at any book, it's S-T-A-I-N. And all of our memories of them, though, is like S-T-A-I-N. You don't believe it? I guarantee you. And it's... Oh, I'm not doubting you. I just, we have a no. lot... I feel like there's a lot of things like this that you can oh, got to. And I've got a ton. We're going to go through them. It's going to be <laughs> awesome. So... <laughs> <laughs> this is called the Mandela effect. You'd better pause it right now and go grab a grab a bag of popcorn. Yeah, this is. I'm gonna not try to drag it on, but the Mandela effect is this thing that's come about a lot recently. And like, there's in South Africa, in Africa in general, there's this group, large group of people that remember Mandela dying in like the 80s, when quite obviously he died in like 2013. Like, he just recently died. But there's a whole generation. You know, it's like, no, I remember the funeral. I watched it on TV. I remember he died. So, like, things like that. The Berenstain Bears. Here's another one for you. How would you spell the name of that restaurant? It's C C H I C K dash A dash F I L A. I'm glad you got the C K, but, like, for me and Angela, it's Chick-fil-A. It's C-H-I-C-F-I-L-A. It, it is C-H-I-C-K. I go there a lot, so I kind of know them. Right, but like for anyone else in this room, probably you were looking at it and like, I just remember the IC. So there's just this whole theory of like, why do mass groups of people end up with these different memories? Like, 
even like Oscar Mayer, Oscar Mayer Wiener, it's the same thing. It's not M E Y E R. It's M A. It's Oscar Mayer Wiener. Like, <laughs> but we would none of us would ever be able to pull that's that so out. That's so odd. Yeah, but you're right. That does happen. And, and so, that's part of that just has to do with like how we. It's, uh, it's all memory. It's yeah. all like how you remember things. But like another example was uh, "We Are the Champions" by Queen. We are the champions. We are the champions. And then at the end of the song, what does he say? Sing out of the world. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's not in the song. It's not part of that song. It never happened. Okay, I actually. Wait, is oh, that like? Is that like? He uh, says, "We are the champions," my friend, doesn't he? But he, but you know, every kid in this world. school right now, if we had the song, they go, "Of the world." That's not a thing. That's not Can in that someone, song. Can someone let's no fact check that? Fact checked. <laughs> Was that like on Mighty Ducks or something? Uh, and like, yes. Because that's where I remember Freddie the song. Mer- Freddie Mercury is not happy right now. He's <laughs> looking down on you. He's saying, <laughs> I definitely <laughs> sang that. He's so mad. He, he, d- he did his mustache. <laughs> Mm-mm. There is no of the world. The song well, just sounds and it's the, driving people crazy because they're 100% Do you think sure. that it says it right here. he maybe sang it somewhere, though, at some point, and that's why people clung on to it? Like, I maybe it's we, not in I the lyrics book that's the crazy is I can hear it in my head. Yeah, you can hear it, but it never was sung by Freddie Mercury. It never happened. There is no of the world. I've got more. We're just getting started. So I wonder where that originated from. I'd like to keep... Oh. <laughs> He's gonna, oh, he's gonna he's gonna find that. Yeah, he'll find me. Exactly. While we're waiting, well, like, like no, you've got. Yeah, go ahead. I want to hear your thoughts, but I've got some. Okay, more. I and I, I'm the the science on memory changes a lot, and I feel like I've heard like a, a ton of different variations of this. So this might not even be a current one, but I heard somewhere that one of the ways that we access memory is when we remember something, we don't remember the original event. Mm-hmm. We remember the last time we remembered it. Right. And so you keep putting these layers of false memories because every time you remember it a little bit differently. And it goes, uh, the study that I was, <laughs> he's really into it. Oh. Where is it? It's over. Quit. <laughs> That's not, where is that? that scene, it's not there. Me. It's not I'm, there. I'm not, I'm unhappy. That's not We right. all know it to be I feel like this world. is causing me to hey, feel like up, everything I've ever known isn't real. <laughs> no, look up right. the Mighty Ducks. We are so for the, the sake of the, the podcast, That's what I thought, too, was because that's where I know it from after they win. I think he whispers it. I don't think it's there at all. There's got to be like a live. Can, can you go to the greatest hits version? Because that's the version I had as a kid. The maroon CD case. Do you remember that with the little oh, gold yeah. crown oh, on it? It's on there. We're going to break the internet on this one. But the green cover volume two has. Jack. Yeah. So the, while, while he's looking at it, I've got, a, I've got a couple more. So like in the game Monopoly, you've got the guy on the front cover that, with the money bags, the Monopoly guy. Yeah. What type of eyepiece does he wear? A monocle. He doesn't wear anything. Well, he does at McDonald's, so. <laughs> There's what we think, and that's the original. He doesn't wear a monocle. Well, can we look up the McDonald's ad? <laughs> this is, I don't feel like anything I know anymore is true. <laughs> Where am I? Well, this, and, Just and look this, up the Monopoly game. This is what I was saying people about. People say that we mix that up because Mr. Peanut Planters has a monocle. He wears the hat. He's got the cane. Like, they're similar characters, so we have just, like, blended them together to both have a monocle. Well, I know that there was people in, like, they remembered their 9-11 experiences, and they can swear by, like, oh, I know exactly where I was at. I was wearing this. I was talking to this person. And, like, 
I mean, there's camera footage that they're not even close. Like, they, I mean, it's, it's just actually, a mismatch. After it happened, and after six months, 50% of people came up with the same story from what happened that day. And then they did it again after a year, and only 30% told their original story. Like, they yeah. totally forgot, but they thought they were telling what actually happened. And that's why every time you remember it, you're, you are remembering the last time you remembered it. So you're making up, like, new pieces of information, and, and you're... I mean, there's so many things that could impact what you, you might fabricate one little detail to make mm -hmm. the story more interesting, or you might, you know, do some little thing to to sway whatever tone the conversation has. And then the next time you remember it, you remember it with that that's detail. A, that's given up over there. Oh, it just... <laughs> My soul just lost. Okay. That, oh, last, not a real that last, the We Are the Champions. Like, I can hear his voice, and that's why I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to spend some time this weekend. Yeah. So, like, another example is... Darth is my mother like, even my mother? <laughs> it's like Darth, Darth Vader says to Luke, Luke, I am your father, but we all know that's never really said. He says, no, I'm your father. It's, there's no real, Luke, I am your father. That never happened in the movie either. I know but everyone knows that. Um, what was another one? Mm, there was another good one. Oh, Forrest Gump. What does his mom say about life? A box of chocolates. You never know what you're gonna get. Life is a box of chocolates, right? Yeah. That's not what she says. She says life was like a box of chocolates. Okay, well that's a little. That's, I know, but but everyone in here would have said what you said, and I would have said it too. Life is like a box of chocolates, right. but she says life was a box of chocolates. Well, we just had to clean up. We wanted to make it more universal by saying was it was past tense. We want <laughs> everyone to be able to experience that, and that's why we changed. Of the world, because we are the champions of the uh, world. And then my last one is just, what does basically the... Um, the fox I guess say? she's like the... <laughs> if that's the wrong... Say, no. <laughs> uh, in, the movie, in the Disney movie Snow White, the evil queen, what does she say when she looks in the mirror? I... Oh. You found it? Mighty Ducks? Is it Mighty Ducks? This is, yeah. Hold okay. on. This sounds like it. Saved. Pause. It'll replay. This is in the credits, so. Oh, thank I'm so glad you found. Hold this on, hold on. Let me let me play me it. Let me end. play it because I feel. Let me see this. This is from the credits. It's just the credits. Good. Okay. Ooh. I can at least take that. <laughs> so, okay. so, but the question. But that's. But, but was the that question the end is of the like, song? why? Like, why? No, it's not the end. That's. In, I think it's, it's in the middle in of the there, song. Though. That's okay. So, like, yeah, we subconsciously put that. I mean, in unless somebody. Like hmm. did something. This is not a repu. Like I'm not. I didn't like look for a reputable. Well, like maybe originally when that song was written by them, that wasn't in there, and as the song evolved and they played it in bigger places and whatever, it could have kind of been added. It is one of those things, and it just kind of stuck. Yeah, maybe it's like a like artistic like freedom, a, like a concert. Like you have like the album. Like when you go to Dave Matthews, you don't want him to play the songs like he recorded in the studio. It's the 17-minute jam fest, right? That goes. Or like when he plays Warehouse and he changes like the name of the city that he's in, right. like. Yeah. So the Snow White one, though, mirror, mirror on the wall. Who's the fairest of them all? But she doesn't say mirror, mirror on the wall. She says magic mirror on the wall. It's just the way we remember things is not what it I actually is. I don't even Nikki's know who I am. Right I'm going to question myself right now. But like, so that, that was the topic was the Mandela effect of how we remember things. And people are like, someone must have, is it due to time travel? Is it due to something back and changing just the slightest thing that affected time? That, but we still have these wrinkles in time that our memory remembers what it was before. Like time travel, wrinkles in time, or are we just terrible with memory? And obviously we're just terrible yeah, with memory, but it's, it's a fun theory. I like that one. Human memory one. is That's really unreliable. At, uh, absolutely. 
Well, on that note, we'll call it a wrap, and then our next episode, we'll double our uh, technology tools. How about that? Sounds good. Sounds great. great. Thanks for listening. That was a good one. Now I'm going to go cry myself in the corner. Remember, I'm going to go listen to the Queen <laughs> soundtrack. <laughs> see, that's the... Woke up at 6 o'clock in the morning, chilling with coffee mugs, me and coffee chugs. Talking education all across the nation, pushing boundaries, thinking innovation. Aaron Mauer, outside the box thinker, here to teach each and every teacher how to tinker. Living on the edge of chaos, born insane. Listening to coffee chugs like happy for the boring. One of the top teachers in Iowa, word is born. Here to show the world that there's more here than corn. Chaos. <laughs>